Hi, my name is Taylor Wright. Um, I'm 13 years old and I go to Lawton Childs. I did confirmation in fall of 2021. It was a little different because you were going in on Wednesday nights and then you're with a group of kids your age, then not just a bunch of different ages. And you were just continuously learning about all these new things. I used to just see it as like, a boring thing to go to. Like when I was younger, I would go to my dad's church. So like, I was like, ah, boring, like to go listen to someone talk. But then like now as I'm getting older and going through confirmation, it's not just like about listening to like, just like hearing them talk. It's about like listening to what they're talking about and like what they have to say, not just they're talking, like what Bible stories, how they can relate to your life and how they can help you through times. Well, when we talked about grace from confirmation, it was kind of, we used uh, a house example where you had like prevenient grace was walking in like the sidewalk and then you had like going into the house and looking at the house. So they kind of like showed us through that and that helped us understand more. Some Christians live out by checking off boxes like I'm going going to Sunday school, going to Bible study, going to church and all of this stuff. And but. Grace says that God has already checked off all those boxes for you. Just like you don't need to do all this stuff. Like you don't need to do anything more to have that. Like it's just always going to be there. Everyone is welcomed since everyone has grace. Everyone should be welcomed regardless. Like everyone should be welcomed. Like no matter what, everyone should just be welcome in the United Methodist Church. We're thankful to Taylor Wright for sharing her story with us and her experience of confirmation and grace with us. Because when we talk about what it means to be United Methodists, often we say that we are people all about grace. Just this week, I had someone stop and ask me at a coffee shop here in town, how do you define grace? Big question, right? So this person had overheard me discussing with some of our worship staff, this very worship service had heard that I was a pastor and thus out popped the question, well, how do you define grace? I quickly realized that my question was not going to be a simple word or phrase. In fact, I realized I had to stop and really think about how I was going to distill it down and say it in just a sentence or two. Because the reality is, for us, as United Methodists, grace is not a simple or an insignificant thing. Grace is the lifelong movement of God in our lives, both on a personal level and on a communal level in the world. It's something that God does for us in Christ Jesus. Grace is God's presence at work in our lives before we recognize God. Grace is what realigns us to God and living into the way God intends when we are awakened and accept God. Grace is God's active work in and through us throughout our lives to transform not only our lives, but to help us transform the world. It's a life-changing and a world-changing thing. And so today, as we're continuing to journey through this worship series, digging into what it means to be United Methodist, 
We're going to explore what and how and why we believe in grace as United Methodists. We're going to see what's so special about this thing called grace anyways. And we're going to see how living into this reality of grace can transform not only our lives, but transform the world. And so the best place to start with grace is at the beginning, what we call prevenient grace. I love how Taylor talked about this so well in her video because prevenient grace is so crucial to what it means to be United Methodist. It's this idea that God's grace goes before us. Paul describes this in his letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And I'll be reading out of the message translation this morning. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us. Set us right with him, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Here Paul is writing to Christians about the nuts and bolts of what the Christian faith is all about in this letter that we call the book of Romans. And Paul is also making a critical effort to remind them that God's grace is for everyone. For Jew and Gentile are non-Jewish alike, because that was a huge divide that they were having in the church at this time. And so the reason why I chose the message translation for this morning is because the language here just screams provenient grace to me. We see that grace is what God always wanted to do for us. It's gone before us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. The blessing has always been there for all people. It's the reason why we baptize infants in the UMC. That's God's provenient grace, God's holy work of grace happening in the child in the sacrament long before they can understand or claim those promises of grace for themselves. In our hymns as United Methodists, we are reminded of God's presence and God's provenient grace among us in the world. Charles Wesley, the brother of John Wesley, wrote many hymns during his work with John to start the Methodist movement. And one of them was called Maker in Whom We Live. It's, it's one of my favorites. Maker in whom we live, in whom we are and move. The glory and power and praise receive for thy creating love. Let all the angel throng give thanks to God on high. While earth repeats the joyful song and echoes to the sky. 
So what I love about this hymn and why I threw in this little verse this morning is because I love how this shows that provenient grace is not something just for us sitting in this room, but provenient grace is something that is reflected in all of creation. We live, we are, we move all from the provenient grace from a loving creator God. When God created the world, God blessed it and called it good, not because of anything we did, not because of anything creation did, but because of who God is. We know that our world isn't perfect. We know that people can turn away from God's grace and that suffering can exist, but on the same hand, we can firmly know that provenient grace exists too. And that provenient grace is available in all places, to all people, at all times. And that is a beautiful thing. And so going back to our scripture passage, we see Paul next move into this thing that we as United Methodists call justifying grace. Look again in verse 2. I love how Paul puts it. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Provenient grace is all around us, yes. We and all of creation have an original blessing from God, yes, but there comes a moment where we throw open that door for ourselves. As Methodists, we call this justifying grace. That moment where we are awakened to God's grace in our lives and we accept it for ourselves. I love that Paul reminds us that God is always on the other side of that door, eager and willing to let us in. But there's always that moment where we have to accept that grace for ourselves, where we have to choose to live into this life as God intends, where we choose to live into the original blessing that God has already given to us. And that is what we call justifying grace. For some folks, this can feel like a grand moment, like a, like a light switch where they went from completely rejecting God to completely accepting God. Maybe like the stories where we hear where someone received a Bible in prison or in rehab and their life was completely changed right then and there. But for some folks, it can feel like a long process, like a gradual inching closer and closer, learning more and more, becoming more and more comfortable until they finally open the door. Like a colleague of mine from seminary who went to church weekly, becoming less and less distanced, less and less reluctant each time, until he shared finally one communion Sunday in which for him it was the act of finally getting up to his seat, from his seat, after months and months and months of finally refusing communion. It was that decision of finally getting up from his seat and deciding, this Sunday I'm going to take communion, was his way of finally accepting God's justifying grace in his life. 
In our video from Taylor, we saw her share that, yes, she had been going to church all her life, but she said that it had been gradually becoming more and more real, more and more meaningful, more and more understandable evidence of God's grace and that growth of grace in work, at work in her life. And so for many of us, our story is kind of different Something in between, and that is okay too. There's a beautiful diversity reflected in how God's grace is expressed in all of our lives, and that is okay. God's amazing grace is available to all of us, and that call to open the door and live into life as God intends is available for all of us. But what I love about being United Methodist is this is only part of the story. We have one last kind of grace that we call sanctifying grace. This is our realization that our saying yes to God is not the end of our journey, it's only the beginning. We have a lifelong growth of grace ahead of us. A lifelong journey of learning to be more like Christ ahead of us. We have a lifelong partnership with Christ, seeking to transform the world, seeking to share, seeking to proclaim, seeking to restore God's great love for God's creation. As I mentioned earlier, our world is not perfect, and Paul himself wrestles with this reality of suffering in our scripture passage today. We see in verses 3 through 5 from the message translation, There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. Keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing to a people who knew very well that the world is not perfect. They were burdened by the cultural pressures and the threat of persecution from the Roman government that surrounded them. And yet... They knew that they did not have to go through life alone. They knew that God's grace still played an active role in their life. They knew that the call of the Christian life, that part of that call was for Christian community to be that light, be that example, be that service to the community around them. And as Christians today, that is our call too. John Wesley called a Methodist one who has the love of God shed abroad in his heart. One who sought to love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength, and love their neighbor as themselves. One who sees the troubles of this world and asks, how can I help? When we as Christians take care of those around us, we are living into sanctifying grace. 
When we notice and lift up those on the margins of society, we are living in to sanctifying grace. When we take notice of those who others might pass by, we are living in to sanctifying grace. When we make sure that all are welcome, just as Taylor said in our video, we are living in to sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace reminds us that the call to live into this grace, the call of the Christian life, is not just to check a box and get right with God, as Taylor says. It's a call to live our faith out into the world. It's a call to be disciples of Jesus Christ that seek to transform the world. It's a call to have the love of God not only in our own hearts, but to share it and to spread it out into the world at every opportunity that we can for over the course of our lives. I did not grow up United Methodist, but this concept right here, this growth of grace over a lifetime, this is what drew me to the United Methodist Church and Wesleyan theology. This view of a God that loved me and the whole world so much to be actively at work, even before anyone recognized or acted on it, that provenient grace. That idea that we are awakened to God's grace, that we open the door to this relationship with God to find that God is already there waiting for us, justifying grace. And this idea that this is not where the story ends. That this is a lifelong growth in grace, a lifelong journey of seeking to love God and love others, a lifelong call to serve the world and show people just how much God loves them. That rocked my world. It completely changed my faith. It deepened my relationship with God to see my faith not just as a me and Jesus thing, but as a lifelong call of service out into the world for God thing. And so my hope for you today is that you continue to live into this story of God's grace in your life, too. That you would continue to open your eyes to see God's provenient grace at work in your life, and in the world and people all around you. That you would continue to find ways to be in life as God intends in your own life. That you would continue to find ways, whether they're big or whether they're small, in our church, in your workplace, or just out in the world, to show God's love to others. To live into that lifelong journey of sanctifying grace that seeks to love God and love neighbor. May we continue to be a church. May we continue to be a people that seek to live into this lifelong journey of this beautiful thing called grace. All the way to its fullest. Together. Will you pray with me? God of grace, we thank you for your work in our lives. For the provenient grace that goes before us 
even before we recognized it. For the justifying grace that awakens us to your presence and calling in our lives. For your sanctifying grace, which draws us closer to you and sends us out to share your love with the world. May we leave this place today called and equipped to share your light and share your grace in our homes, our communities, and even our world. Amen. So as we prepare to go from this place, may you remember God's amazing grace in your life that was there before you knew it, that awakened you to this life with God that continues to call you to love God and to love your neighbor. So may you take that amazing grace not only for yourself, but to share it with the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.